is What's up, everyone? You are listening to another episode of the Fact Center on the Fan Factive 5 Sports Network. This is Cy, part of the Fact Center family. Yes, I said family. We have the same name, different parents, but most importantly, the same game. And today's show, segment one, will be Warrior Talk with a little free agency. But before we get into that, let's say hello to the other parts of the Fact Center group. What's up, How you doing? Drea here, Long E, ready to bring that sports spice, talking a little Ubre, and also the, 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 around the league news I'm excited to talk about is the Phoenix Suns. They're gonna be a strong contender, so I kinda wanna get into that today. Tom, how's it going? Tell us you know. a little something, man. How you doing out there today? I'm out here in San Francisco. I got Patrick Willis sitting right behind me for y'all folks that can't see. Uh, we are on a bye week, so I am hoping we cannot sustain any injuries today. Let's get it. <laughs> Man, if y'all come yeah. out with an injury today, that's just... <laughs> Man. That, if you guys get injured today, that's like old school Friday when Cube got fired on his day off. <laughs> yeah. You could ask Dan Dibley about that on 95.7 in the game. <laughs> <laughs> but besides the warrior talk, we will be getting into this big game that the Raiders and Chiefs on prime time is going to be having today. And as a Raider fan, you know, I want to dig a little bit into it. And then at the end, we'll talk a little bit about the 49ers, a little bit, a little bit about how you guys want to see them finish the season off. You know, what, what are the expectations for them? And overall, on this blessed, beautiful Sunday, we will have a Fanfactive Five day. So hey. let's go straight to it. So I'm going to ask you, Tony, let's start with Tony. Warriors free agency around the league. I'm going to hit you with what was your expectations? What did you see? What did you like? Did the Warriors pick up any names you wanted to? Or do they still need to do more? Man. That's a lot. That's a loaded question. I want everything. But I'll start with Kelly Oubre because I've been on Kelly Oubre for a minute. Um, other than I was disappointed about Jay Crowder. I thought he would have been a perfect fit here with his tenacity, his Dean 3. But Kelly Oubre, just that type. I'm going to call him KO with him trying to knock out Clay when, a, when he was <laughs> with the Wizards at one time. And Clay turned around with the WTF like, what are you hitting me for? I'm trying to break up the fight between him and with Beal and Dre. But you know what? Kelly Oubre is the perfect two slash three that fits in the system. He's got bounce. He can, he can shoot that corner three. And he's got, hey, you know what? This might be the all-time lefty uh, lineup with Kent Bazemore and Wiseman on there. But I like the defensive mm -hmm. presence Kelly Oubre brings on top of the – he's got that leadership. And that, don't get me wrong, he's still young. So for us to kind of look at him as, you know, a role player – or somebody who's just going to fill a void, he's still on the climb. He's still getting better. 
He had his best scoring season last year at 18 points per game. And he's only 24 years old. Dare I say the man still got a chance to be an all-star and prove himself as a dominant player in the league. We don't know, but let's just start with him coming over here to add that void for now. But I also like the Kent Bazemore signing the dubs had uh, Brad Wanamaker. He was one of the first players coming off the bench for the Celtics and just around the league. I think Cy, your Lakers made some noise. I think Montrez Hero is a hell of a signing, to be honest. You know, he kind of fits – he fits what LeBron needs. He needs somebody who's going to be able to be a high-energy guy to run the floor, grab me rebounds, grab that rebound, and not only just kick it back out, finish. Um, looking else around the league, too. Other things like Gordon Hayward, that didn't really make any sense to me. Bradley – Avery Bradley to Miami kind of shocked me. But – you know, it kind of fits kind of fits who he is. He's going into a system that, you know, they like to play defense, and that is their mantra, playing with Jimmy Buckets. He's got that pressure of, I need my guys to go out there and defend with me. Guys like Iggy, hey, look out for Miami. Don't sleep on them. They got deep last year, but adding guys like Avery Bradley, that's going to make a difference. Uh, who else out there? Man, I think the Warriors need more, but – Hey, free agency just started. Let's keep it going. And, you know, I'm going to say this. Avery to Miami made so much sense because it's like another dog with more dogs. Now now that yes. now you got a pack. You know what I mean? You got mm-hmm. a pack. And what they're trying to do and for the price that they got them, which made perfect sense. And for the Warriors, I'm going to say every pick was solid. It was a solid transaction. The Kelly yeah. Oubre was was solid. Wana Baker, solid off the bench. Now Ken Bazemore, another solid. So it was, it was just basically getting in guys that's going to fit a system that's going to come off the bench and do what's expected of them. You know what exactly. I mean? That's what I, that's what I took from the Warriors bringing in these players. I think they could have done a little bit better, but then when you're seeing that not a lot was out there and with the, how tight they were with the money, they made the deals they had to make. And I still think there, there may be some trades in the works that we're not, we probably don't know about, but overall around the league, I'm going to say I was surprised, but not surprised. I was more surprised of players, good players leaving for cheap. Yeah. And then beside, if you see the, the Gordon Hayward, that was probably the only one that was a head scratcher where they threw a lot of money at him, which again, you, you, you like yeah. Michael Jordan, you still can't get it together as an owner, right? That's just my take. So let me go with Miss Spice herself. Yes. Please yeah. spice us up with free <laughs> agent talk that your Warriors, you might agree with, didn't agree with around the league. Let me hear what you got to say, please. So I'll be on with, with the Ubre talks. I wasn't, Ubre wasn't even somebody I was thinking about. Y'all know I was big on Crowder coming to the dubs. I feel that that grittiness and that defensive strength is something that we needed a lot more, but with Clay Thompson not out this season coming up, that Ubre sent or that Ubre pick makes the best sense for us right now. And also thinking about what else does Ubre bring? We talked about some athleticism, some defense, but this dude is fast as hell, especially in the transition. 
27% of his points come from transition. So you know he knows how to run the court very well. And if your point guard is Steph, you got to make sure you open and you know the lanes that you need to navigate to. So I feel Oubre is going to be that perfect choice for Curry to go to in, in transition. Um, but then also this really changes the dynamics of the Warriors, of course, where I feel they're, they're just going to go back to being that rebound and go team. Steph is going – Get the ball, pass it up. It's just going to be a very much quicker Warriors offense than we have seen in the past. And it's going to go back to more of a pre-Warriors, uh, pre-Warrior foundation before Durant is what I think we're, we're going to in this next era as we're trying to build for, for this dynasty. And as it comes to the, to the Wanamaker uh, pick, I do feel that was like a very solid choice, especially as we're thinking about the, the bench. We need to make sure that we have a solid starting, not, not starting, but we need to make sure we have a solid uh, bench squad. So I think this was a, a, a great solid pick. You know, I'm going to be honest, a little anticlimactic when you, when you see all the different picks that have happened over the last few days. But, but again, we're still in, in rebuilding. And, you know, as a realistic Warriors fan, as much as it pains me, I, I do think this upcoming season we can be playoff contenders. I don't know how much further it's going to go beyond that this upcoming season, but, you know, we're, we're still in it. We're, we're building the pieces now, and as we talked about but before the podcast, we have an owner that's like, hey, we're going to get this done. We're not tanking, you know, what, what we need to put on the what we need to put on the table, we're going to put it on the table. So, you know, we have a committed organization, so – I'm trying to make myself feel better about you Clay. Said, you said something there. about money. Well, actually, before I get into the money, well, with Clay getting hurt, right? You can't replace Clay with one person or even yeah. two people. So it's got to be a committee by by effort, right? So bringing Ubre in, that fills a part of the void. But then you got Baysmore coming in, that fills another part. And then you got Wanamaker, but you still got to make a couple moves. That's this is crazy over here. So fourteen and a half million. That's about what Kelly Oubre is making. Dubs are going to owe sixty-six million dollars in luxury tax by adding him in there. So it's almost that. That's that's pocket change for Lakeup. But that's crazy <laughs> in a COVID year where you know you haven't even been able to open your arena because you're supposed to. The money he spent to build the arena, you were supposed to have an event every week, whether it be a concert, your Dubs right. in there, or just something going on. For a whole entire year, you had to have an event every single week. And he ain't had an event since, God, since I've been there. I, I went to the Laker-Warriors game when I handed out the, the Kobe shirts, which was dope. And that's the last time I've been out. We need and, you know, and you know what else about that is, you know, his hunger to win yeah. is, is, it speaks for itself. And, and, again, they just opened a new arena. COVID hit. Now – Season's about to start a month away. We're back on lockdown in this state. So we don't know how long no fans are going to be in this upcoming season. And for him to say, look, we're not going to tank and I'll pay the luxury tax mm -hmm. to, to have a proven winner says a lot about his winning mentality. And, mm -hmm. and a, lot of, a lot of owners, there's only a hand few that really want to win. He's mm -hmm. one of them. You know what I mean? And, and it's kind of refreshing to hear that from an owner saying we're not going to tank. I'll pay the extra luxury tax to build a winner. Is this team a winner? That's the next question, right? They're not a winner in a sense of bringing it all home, 
but they are building a winner that's going to be in the between the four, five, six seed, right? And again, once you get the Warriors in the playoffs, especially with, you know, arguably the greatest shooter and one of the smartest IQs around the league in Draymond, and you put the pieces with a smart coach like Steve Kerr, anything can happen. Because at the end of the day, you just want to get to the playoffs. You get a certain right matchup. Sometimes, you know, styles makes fights. You, you get the right style, the right matchup. You never know. I mean, you guys took out Denver that year when nobody expects you guys to take out Denver. So I'm more interested to seeing how the other dominoes around the league, because I don't, you know, we're in day three of the free agency. We haven't seen no big, uh-oh, you know, trade, which means it's going to happen. And I want to see what the Warriors are, are going to be looking at. Now, around the league, I'm going to ask both of you a question. Who do you think did the most? And what was the pickup that you said, oh, man, that was a smart signing? You know what? I'm going back to the Lakers right here. Um, I think I think Montrez Hero, although he's coming off the bench, although he's just – it sounds like he's going to be a role player, I think that's huge, man. Um, we saw we saw what Dwight Howard was able to do in that system. We saw, you know, JaVale didn't get a lot of run, but that type of player, nobody has a, the type of finishing ability Montrez does and the ability to run the floor with that. The man, the man just like has that if factor. Just the way he just he grabs a board, dunks it back in, he swings off the rim with that mouthpiece kind of pushing out. He's like, I got it, I'm ready. I'm ready to go in here and just get another rebound and just do this over and over again. I'm going to be in your face all day. So I think that alone moved up the Lakers in terms of getting them back in there. Um, Caldwell Pope staying, I think that's big too. Uh, you, need that, you need that solid wing defender that can score as well. So I think the Lakers did enough to sort of stay on top. Um, mm. Around the league-wise – I want to go back to that Gordon Hayward move because that just makes no sense at all. And just think about the payday this man's getting. (laughs) He hasn't been the same ever since he's left Utah. He definitely wasn't who he was supposed to be when he was in Boston. And the man's on his decline. I mean, minus will get him started again on his tennis career instead. Because it ain't, he's not in his prime anymore. And for him to get $120 million, that was criminal, man. Just criminal. But Drea, what do you? What else? What do you? You got? Yeah. Well, to be to be fair to to Hayward, he did have mm-hmm. that um, that gruesome injury. What was that in twenty seventeen? Where his foot um, was just kind of hanging off. Where yeah, it was like yeah. in a direction that it was not supposed to be in. So, mm-hmm. and I think you know that attributed to him not having the impact that he was supposed to have in Boston, of course. Uh, but no, I totally agree. 120 million and you injury prone and you on the decline. Like I'm not going to say it. That's white privilege, but that's for a whole nother conversation. that we Whoa. Okay. Bring the heat, bring the spikes. Let's go. <laughs> Whoa. That man. That's all I'm going to say. Go ahead. Go <laughs> you know with your bad, go but, ahead with your bad self. But if you think about the contract, if you look at it, I don't disagree. Like $120 million for a declining player, 
don't know. But even if you compare his, you know, his performance in the bubble, yeah, he had some spurts, but it's like based on what you see in the bubble, you still want to pay him that money? I don't He's been I don't existed for the past few money. years. Um, but are you but are you surprised as Jordan? I mean, what what has he done as an owner that let you know that that he wouldn't have made that type of deal? They have been having a history of paying players a lot of money for nothing. Yeah. You know, Do you and, think and that I'll was say, with Kemba, I know we're a little off topic. Well, okay, so look at this. This that's that you know what? That was an excellent question <laughs> because I'm going to say this. Look at the deal Boston gave Kemba. Was yeah. cheaper than what Jordan gave Hayward right now. Can you believe that? <laughs> mm-hmm. So that just lets you know that it could be white privilege or Mike <laughs> or Michael Jordan just don't know what the hell he's doing. How about that? Actually, I do I do have a move I wanna I wanna dive into and get y'all's opinion on it. Uh the Drew Holiday trade to Milwaukee. That kind of baffled me a little bit. Looking at the whole overall package, I was like, really? You're really giving so, them that much for Drew Holiday. So they, they were be honest. Of course. Yeah, they, they're they're trying to keep Giannis, and actually, that was the, that's where I was gonna go with my pick on who I thought did an excellent job was Milwaukee because they got Drew Holiday. Then they also went and got DJ Augustine, who I like yeah. as a backup, one, one yeah. of the toughest-minded scoring backup point guards. Then they went and got uh, uh, Tony uh, Craig from from Minnesota. And then they finished it off with Bobby Portis. So yeah. they're, what they did to, to get Giannis to the promised land in this one year, because, again, in that deal that you're speaking of, Tony, you know, that was a rental move because Drew Holiday and Giannis will be free agents together. Yeah. So they could be losing both of them. You know what I mean? They, they're, they, they're, they're trying to hit a home run to, to at least win it all and then say, you know what, thank you, Giannis writings on the wall you Mm want to leave fine leave right at least you want us something or Mm -hmm. they're trying to show him look we can build a contender believe in us i actually think they they did a solid a solid going around to what they believe in bringing the guys that fit the mold they just didn't go get anybody they got some toughness which was missing and they needed scoring which they still needed Middleton is still there. That's going to give you buckets. Yeah. You got Drew Holiday. You got DJ Augustine right now. So they did a lot in my book. I put them up there as as probably having sure. one of the best. My Lakers, I say this. When I found out what Avery Bradley got Miami, I was a little disappointed, meaning yeah. he, got a, he got a two-year, $11 million deal. I'm like, what? Like, stayed in like Cali. Yeah, like I didn't understand it. it. It didn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? I really wanted him back. Then we gave we gave Poe KCP. We gave him thirty. We gave him forty million for three years. I'm like, man, like <laughs> I, I don't know. I think they overpaid him, and we lost out on yeah. A.B. Bradley. We got we we did get Wes Matthews for cheap. Harold. I looked at it like this. I like the hero, but then when the Clippers went and got Ibaka, that kind of that kind of lead even it out for me. You know what I mean? You know what? But the the moves that the Lakers made, I will say this though, they got a lot of guys that can play starting minutes, which means they're not they're not coming in for like eight minutes, ten minutes. Like guys like Wes Matthews, you can get a lot of scoring out of them. 
He's not a liability on the floor. He can give you 20-plus minutes. Montrez give you upwards of 30 if you need him. Uh, KCP's out there, and he's going to give you a lot of minutes. But I think KCP's a little bit more solid because of his size, you know, what he could do on the defensive end and offensive end. I don't know. I, I like the moves that the Lakers made. I think, I think they're better today than, than when y'all won it. But oh, I think no, the thing I, too yeah. with, with Lakers, your thing was that the bench, like you got had like that starting squad was like the shit. Oh, sorry. was really good. And then you had your, it's your, all good. Bench that was not good. I mean, now with Harold Schroeder, Oh, I mean, Schroeder. y'all got that, that, no, that's and, a and, solid. And it, that's a solid second team right there. I, no, I say I, I say this. I was I was worried about my about the guards on the Lakers coming into last season. I didn't I didn't think we did enough. I didn't think we had enough, right? Because again, Poe KCP. He all, don't forget he went one for twelve, game two of the finals. You know you, you know what I mean. He he's off and on. We got Caruso back. I did like the Dennis Schroeder for for for. For Danny Green in the pick, that was smart. You know what I mean? I just felt Avery Bradley, we could have kept because, again, he's he's not getting a lot from Miami. He left for nothing. You know what I mean? Which is which was a little shocking because as a Laker fan, I know what he brought to that starting lineup and to that team. Right. You know what I mean? But also he, the he, thing he, is now with, you know, look, like the Lakers now, like, was just a matter of, like, trying to survive when, like, LeBron is not on the court. And now with all of these new additions, like, that's scary for other teams now because you can't really hurt the Lakers when LeBron is on or off the court now with these additions. No, you're – no, no, absolutely, absolutely. But we also, we also have to see how we're going to play with LeBron and without LeBron, meaning what, what kind of offense we're going to be running because that, that – let LeBron dribble the shot clock till 20-something seconds and then make a move, that we got to stop that. You know what I mean? So you Look know what I'll Dennis. say though, with uh, with the addition of Dennis Schroeder and getting Montrez in there, this allows LeBron to kind of take a seat back and maybe get a little extra rest time, right? Because yeah. I I could see Schroeder and I could see Harrell running the pick and roll to the T, kind of like what Lou was doing. Because Schroeder can get to the basket; he's a nifty finisher. Man, he's he's getting there with that little blonde streak that he got in his hair, just getting to the basket, like quickness. I'll, I'll say another thing too, because Kasai, you say this all the time, styles make fights, right? And having that guard play that can play D, I think that's an issue that the Warriors got to deal with. I think, I think the Lakers are more equipped to deal with Steph this season with the guard play that they have. I Throwing guys like KCP and Schroeder on stick because actually you can have Schroeder go against Steph and make him work a little bit on the defensive end too. Well, I say this, I think we were better prepared last year, meaning, mm-hmm. cause look, we gave up Dan, we gave up Danny green and we gave, and, and we let Avery Bradley go, which were our best two defenders with KCP. We bring in Dennis Schroeder. Who's a stunt, who, who's a sometimes defensive player, but Wes Matthew is coming off an Achilles injury a few years ago and being in the league as long as he has, he's not that defensive stopper that he used to be. So if we're saying guarding the war guard, not even the words, not even other point guards, let's just say, let's just call it what it is. Guarding Steph, right? The, the, the chef, right? I think we were better suited last year than we are this year. Honestly, I just think we gave up a little bit 
on the defensive end to bring in some offensive players. Now, what about with, yeah. with Dwight Howard? That was a very weird situation with Dwight Howard. He tweets that he's staying <laughs> with the gold and purple, and then he's off to Philly. Do you feel that the Lakers need to replace – what's the replacement for Howard? Well, it's not really an, a, a replacement. And, again, it, would it make – knowing Howard and how he is, doesn't that make sense how it ended with him? I mean, think about, oh, I'm going to stay and then he leaves. Like, that, that yeah. is a Dwight Howard move. That, 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 that is, that, as KD would say, that is a, a big putting. You know, big putting, that is his move. You know what I mean? He's, he's weird like that. Replacing it for him, I mean, they did – we got JaVale McGee still. You know what I mean? I mean, we can give him his minutes because you got to remember, he started. He, he, he started the whole year – and we had the best record in the league as Javale as our starting center. I mean, so we still have that. Then you could say Montrez a little bit, even though he's not a seven footer, but he does bring that tenacity and 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 the shot blocking and put back dunks. So that I can see, but you know, it's going to be an interesting off season that we're already in. Mind you, what season starts in three weeks, four weeks? Well, the turnaround. Is, is something that I'm going to be seeing people's teams' health and players' health with the quick turnaround. And and going into the season, the West, again, is, is, is going to be a yeah. dogfight. You know, it's going to be yeah. a dogfight. But I'll tell you this much. It was good to see all the moves happening when it happened. I think the NBA does the best. It's better than football, and and actually, you know, baseball have the 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 hot winter. The, what is that? The stove, the hot stoves hot in stove. the winter time with all the trades, right? Yeah. I think the NBA, man, they knocked it out. They got everybody involved. They, everybody was on their phone. Social media was going crazy a little bit. It's just that I didn't think there was enough trades. Like the big trades didn't happen. Which back to Drea, what she was saying, it it was it was kind of dry. Yeah, but I will say in terms of for, for around the league, for me, I don't know, I think the, the Phoenix Suns, I feel, get the A for me in terms of their their offseason moves. Okay. Bringing in CP3, bringing in Crowder. Again, you have Devin Booker, DeAndre Atten's already there. I mean, that's a very – that's going to be a tough team to to compete with in, in the West. Um, you know, they're very scrappy. They're defensive-minded. They're three-point specialists. So – I don't know. I feel like Suns are going to be the sleeper uh, in the West for, and, for the league. And, the key, and you know, the key would, when I was reading about that, that before that trade was happening, the key that I thought that I wanted to see is if they were going to be able to keep Mikel Bridges because the boy oh. is a baller. And they got to keep him because OKC was trying to for dangle them in that deal to get CP3, but they got to, they got to keep him <laughs> and they added, and, and they added Jay Crowder. So, Man, they have that, no excuses. Can, can we say that now? That the Suns have no excuses this season. They should be one of. We can we agree that they should be in the playoffs with this team. They should no. They should be. I mean, we talked about too to see what CP3 was able to do with that OKC squad. I mean, he has more weapons now with Phoenix, so it's just going to be. It's going to be interesting to see yeah. how they how the Suns come out. But then also you got to give credit to, to the Suns GM, James Jones, you know, a, a black GM. He was 14 seasons in the NBA with the Suns. So kudos to him. I, I'm rooting for everybody black. 
this episode, hey. clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? That's, that's hey, there you go. There hey, you, you know go. What? You know what's funny about uh, so let's the Suns, we can connect them to OKC, right? Because they just had made that big trade to get Chris Paul over there. I'm trying to figure out what OKC's doing. It kind of makes me think of uh, yeah. Kanye West's first album, right? Uh, college Dropout. There was one intro in one of these songs, and he was talking about his dad taking all his degrees, and he kept stacking degrees on degrees <laughs> on degrees. And I'm like, that's what OKC's doing. It's, it's stacking draft picks on top of draft picks. They got like 100 <laughs> draft picks with yeah. nobody, and Steven Adams is about to go get him another first-round draft pick before we know it. So I am now curious already, to see what the hell they know. He's already gone. Is no, he? he's already oh, gone. I missed it. Yeah, he, yeah, he's on the he's on the Pelicans. They had to redo that uh that Drew Holiday deal, so they made it a four a fourteen oh. deal. See, so yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, so he's in the Stephen Adams is with the Pelicans right now. But I know OKC got so many draft picks. I guess they figure that hey, nope, they're not a free agent destination. So yeah. if they have enough draft picks and they're gonna, you're eventually gonna hit. You know what I mean? If you play the yeah. you play the game long enough, you're gonna eventually draft like they got lucky with Durant, Harden, and Westbrook. I guess that's the motto. So I'll say this. That was a great segment one. Segment two, we'll be getting into a lot of the Raiders and Chiefs big prime time game and also talk about a little bit of the 49ers, what we want to see the second half of the season for them coming off this bye and what are the expectations and how they want to end the season yeah yo all i need is one mic one beat one stage one person front my face on the front page only if i had one love one girl and one crib one god to show me how to do things his son did pure like a cup of virgin blood mixed with 151 one sip would probably make me flip see my name in the hieroglyphs like osiris and isis parables written inside papyruses acknowledge it we've been all tricked time to come out of it seeds watch us grow up and try to follow us police watch us roll up and try knocking us one I duck, could it be my time is up with my luck? I got up the cop again, bust stop glass burst. A fiend drops his Heineken, ricochet in between the spots that I'm hiding in. Black it out as I duck back, forget getting hit. This is my hood, I'm a rap to the death of it. To everybody, come on, little brothers is grown. The rats don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Sit from the stars, sun, and the moon. And it's like a police chase, street sweepers and coppers. Stick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to fly, with my power, this is what nonsense nice. about brothers and time is now. What's up, what's up, everyone? You are back to the Fact Center on the Fan Factive Sports Network. We're going to get right into this Raider and Chiefs talk. What is the expectations? What's the key to the games? This is a big prime time game. 
the Raiders win, they will be one game back of the Chiefs atop of the AFC West. So let's kick it straight to Tone. Tony, what do you think tonight's game is going to be? What are your key matchups, and what are you looking for? You know what? The Raiders snuck out with the victory last time. I think it's feasible they could do it again, uh, but they really got to keep Patrick Mahomes contained. If you're putting pressure on him, knock him down a few times. You know, that linebacker play is going to be important too in coverage when it comes to, to Travis Kelsey getting out there and just staying at home. Um, more importantly, I think my key to this is actually to keep Mahomes contained and you got to hit him a few times. And on the other end, if you could run the football with Josh Jacobs and really take that time of possession to your favor, keeping him on the sidelines is probably your best bet here to win this game. And hey, look, if you're the Chiefs, you got to come out and strike early if you expect to win this game. Because if you're in a dogfight, and then this game comes into the fourth quarter at a, at a 21-17, the Raiders do have a shot. I'm, I'm giving Derek Carr a little more credit than everybody else would give out there. I think, I think the Chiefs can get God, especially on defense. And I think Derek can have a big game, but it starts with the run. You know, keeping Josh Jacobs out there, running and running, and, and once, once that, that big play is available, play action hit rugs deep, um, kill them soft with, with Waller out there, making their linebackers work. But also that time of possession game is going to be super important for me. But look, it's on the surface, it looks like a revenge game. Andy Reid coming off of a bye. We know how Andy Reid comes off of a bye. He comes out and he has his team prepared and ready to go because they're studying film. He's got a few plays dialed up. Look for a little trick play here and there. Um, look for a few jet sweeps with Tyreek Hill. But just overall in general, just look for Andy Reid to have his team to be ready to play. But I, I think, hey, look, I think it's a good game. I think it's a pivotal game. I think it's an opportunity for the Raiders to go in there and show, look, they might be looking like they're running away with this division, and they might win the division, but we might be able to show them that we could beat y'all again. And if you want to see us in the playoffs, we'll whoop y'all for a third time. And, and, you know, I'm going to ask you this, that first game, right? Mm -hmm. Can it be repeated, meaning the way the Raiders were scoring? Because in that first half, they, it was a punch for a punch. It was a big play for another big play. Can you see the Raiders winning that type of game where it's big plays? Or do they need to run the ball with Booker and Jacobs and keep Mahomes on the sideline? You know what? I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, think, I think both ways are ways they can win. Looking at them through the beginning of the season. If you had asked me in the beginning of the season, I would have said ball control, right? But I think they've got enough weapons. Look, who expected Waller to the baller to be who he was, you know, getting close to what George Kittle's status was, right? So adding weapons like that, they, that was an unknown. Look, I think they can win a shootout. I think Carr gets underrated for being able to throw the deep ball. And I think he's not scared to throw the deep ball. And look, even having running backs like they do, I think Jacobs could break off a big run every now and then. I think they can win in both ways. I think a shootout is not the ideal way you want to go. I think they could still win it that way. I still think time of possession and ball control is the better route. But I still think they could 
they can still win a shootout. They've showed that they can win a shootout a couple times here and there. It's not ideal, but I say they can still do it. I would still roll with the time of possession and ball control and keeping Mahomes on the sidelines as the number one way to win for them. But I wouldn't hold it against them to win in a shootout. Okay, okay. My thing is, Tony, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I feel like Mahomes is uncontainable. So I don't think it's a strategy of containing Mahomes. You have to contain the weapons that Mahomes has and make it hard for Mahomes to find that open person. So I feel the defense strategy should come with, like, what do we do? How do we strat or how do we make it difficult for Mahomes to find to find the open man? And part of that is also making sure that the team contains Kels. He's the best tight end in the league right now. Um, you know, and then when – when we played, when Raiders played him in week five, what, he had eight catches, 108 yards, a touchdown. So if we could just bring his numbers down just a little bit, less catches, less yards, because, again, you're not going to stop him completely. But, but again, it's about containing Kels. Just cause I think Mahomes is just unstoppable, especially when you have that, that rest in and you have Andy Reid coaching you in a bye week, it's just going to be hard to, to stop Mahomes. Um, but then also, Tony, but as you mentioned, controlling the time of, of possession and eating time off the clock with Hunter Renfro, like he's a big presence in the special team. So he's going to be important when it comes to special teams, just getting those five extra yards, that 10 extra yards um, off, off the punt. So that's going to be um, kind of important as well too. But then also for, for Kansas City, their defense – is a little suspect. They gave um, quite a few yards up against uh, Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater threw for 310 yards and two touchdowns. So, so again, the Raiders might be able to exploit some things offensively, of course, and given how well Carr's performing better than his 2016 self, um, Raiders do have a chance uh, offensively to, to win this one. But I do predict, I don't see Chiefs the, the the Super Bowl champs going 2-0, so I do give this one to the Chiefs today. Sorry, now, if I, if I can, if, if I was, if I would ask you, what is the one matchup for the Raiders, Drea, that you think they can have success in? What's the matchup? <sighs> That's a tricky. You said what, Tony? I, I'm going to say I'm, – I'm going to go back to uh, – if I could think of a matchup, I'm going to say setting the edge against Patrick Mahomes, not letting him roll out. Mm. Um, because, like you said, it's going to be tough to contain him. But once you get to him, I'm an old-school football guy. I want to I hit him. I want to hit him where it hurts. I want to make him feel it. And I want him to feel like, you know what? Oh, do I really want to roll out again? Do I really want to get into the teeth of this defense? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Max Crosby getting mm. in there to wreak havoc and make noise. And another guy, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Jonathan Abrams. I, I like that match. I like. I like Jonathan Abrams having a big game, getting a couple big hits, getting a few knockdowns, and I think that's gonna be the key to it. Um, like I said, you can't contain Mahomes. Yeah, you gotta be able to make him feel your presence. In my opinion. And I think as it relates to Kels, I mean, you got to throw a few people at Travis Kels. It's not just a one-on-one matchup kind of thing. The safeties, Eric Harris, Jeff Heath, your cornerback. I mean, you got to throw all these players at just to contain Kels at one point in time. So um, 
again, I think whatever the matchups are against Kels, uh, that's that's what I think is going to be the 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 stopper for for the Raiders. If you can find the right matchup against Kels, I don't know what it is, who it is, or who they are going to be, but that's that's the key to, to and, the and and funny and funny you bring that up is because you said he he remember he had two interceptions mm -hmm. in that Chiefs game the first time, and he's coming off two <laughs> interceptions our last game. You know what I mean? I, I think what we did surprisingly well that they didn't expect in that second half is we put a spy on Mahomes and, and, and to what Tony was just saying about using our bookends and making them keep trying to keep contain him in the pocket and use the spy of dropping back and spying on Mahomes. I think Andy Reid being as clever and smart as that he is with Eric Bietemi as the offensive coordinator, I think they're going to look at that and already find counter counter plays for that. I'm going to, that's what I want to see. I want to see our defensive coordinator, what he comes up with, because that second half of the first game in Kansas city changed is when we went to the spy and we told our D DNs to rush a certain way and keep them in the pocket. That's where I think things change. And also for me as a Raider fan, right, what I want to see is, again, are we going to unleash David? Are we going to unleash Derek Carr? You call him David. We let him – I called him David. Did, I almost <laughs> called him David. Are we going to unleash Derek Carr? Because in that first game, brother. right, in that first game, I thought, we, I thought Gruden let him cook. Either Gruden let him cook or Carr says, screw it. You know what I mean? And he, yeah. he was flying it out. You know, he was throwing it out there. He threw more deep, deep passes in that game in a single game there than he did in any games this year. So that's what I'm going to be looking at. I think we can do the ground and pound because that is what we do best. And especially the way our backup running back Booker has been looking lately. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it doesn't matter who gets the handoff. I think we're going to get yards, but on the defense to me is the key for us. I'm not really worried about the offense. I think we can move the ball it, uh, under Gruden with Carr. We've been always able to move the ball against Kansas City. It's just that our defense gives up so many big plays, not touchdowns, big yeah. plays. And that's the thing we got to limit Kansas City to is the big plays and keep this game close for our offense to 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 hit, to or move the chain, to, 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 to move the ball and the chains on third downs. That's what I'm looking at, both third downs on both teams, whoever can get those crucial plays down. And at the same time, it's football. They're both exciting offenses. So I do expect big plays, but we at least have to match them. We have to match yeah. what they're going to give us. If And we need a dose of Waller. They're going to give us a whole lot of Kelsey because that's, that's just who they are they kill us with Kelsey since he's been a chief. We need to do the same with Waller. We need the matchups with Waller, and we need to attack them the same way, which I think it's going to be. Of course, I'm going to say we're going to win because that's only right for a Raiders to say <laughs> we're going to win. But I honestly think we're going to beat them, and I expect Booker and Jacobs to lead the way in this matchup. I think it's going to be an interesting game. Like I, don't, I really don't think it's a runaway and I don't think the Chiefs are running away with the division either, especially if, if the Raiders can come out and win this game and be on top. You, like, Cy, like you said, we're talking about Kelsey a lot. Man's a problem, right? So the linebacker, the linebacking core, 
and like I mentioned, Jonathan Abram, your safety's got to – they got to be at home. And they got to see – they've got to be able to recognize when it's a pass protect, when, when Kelsey's going to be able to slip out. Cause, and on the other end, too, like Waller's got to be able to do and replicate what Kelsey's doing. Pretend to block, slip out, catch a pass in the flat, get some yak yards. I'm, I'm curious about that. I want to see what's going to happen with this, man. I, I like the Raiders' chances in this. Like I said, I'd like them winning in either way, in a shootout or time of possession, but nobody's running away with this game. The only thing that, the only thing that scares me is Andy Reid coming off of a bye week. He always mm-hmm. has his team ready to play, in my opinion. But, but then also, I, will, I think what makes Kansas City Chiefs so, such a dominant, scary team is that, okay, you think of Kels, you contain him, whatever. But then you also have Tyreek Hill, Le'Veon Bell, Demarcus Robinson. So it's like you contain Kels, but then there's all these other <laughs> – offensive weapons that you then have to contain as well too so that and with the Raiders having several defense players potentially out today still due to COVID protocols and COVID testing you don't have the same defensive strength that you had when you guys met the first time no you're 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 absolutely right and to segue about players being out and players not here there is a Bay Area football team who is on the bye who has a lot of people out because they were hurt. <laughs> so hopefully we're going to see a lot of the players coming back for the 49ers. Again, they have a bye. So my questions to you two, first I'll start with Drea, is what do you expect to see from them the last, say, seven, eight weeks of the season? And are they still in the hunt? And what do you do in a sense of what are you looking for right now? I mean, do you do you do you give CJ a shot and just say, you know what, till till Jimmy G is back, we're gonna see, we're gonna split both of them up, or do you keep uh, Mullins in there and you're letting him start every game of the way till till the season's over? I feel, you know, <laughs> that quarterback question is so hard. I mean, we've seen you see Beathard play. <laughs> You know what he's going to give you. You've seen Mullins play. He's going to give you, like, a little bit better than what Beathard is going to give you. Don't do the Beathard experiment anymore. He's not it. Like, he is not nobody's, no team's third, second, fourth. He could be practice squad. He does not need to be (laughs) officially stupid. And I'm just saying, compare – I'll just take it there. I think at this point, for, for the rest of the season, after this bye week, you just bet on Mullins to take you through. Unless he's injured and you have to get into better, I feel like you just bet on that. Um, but then the postseason picture also looks very grim as well. So even if we were to – even if the, the Niners were able to get past this regular season um, into the postseason, I mean, injuries are just going to haunt them even into the postseason. We don't know if, if Sherman will be back. Um, Mostert, how he's going to be performing past this this season, I guess, you know, injury-wise. Um, so I don't – I feel like the, the focus for the 49ers should just be, let's just end this season healthy, and then we just got to go back to the drawing board. I mean, the foundation is there. You just got to figure out the quarterback position. Like, who is going to be leading the team? And I don't think the 49ers have that answer with any of the quarterbacks right now. Tony, you are – our 49er insider, our 49er fan, our 49er special teams player. What is your take? With what is what are you trying to see these last few weeks? And 
are the Niners still in the player playoff hunt? And who are we getting back from this injury, hopefully coming off this bye week? And again, hopefully there's no injuries during this bye week. Right. Well, since you're kicking it off to me, let me return this punt since I'm on special teams. Let's get it. <laughs> All right. Must, I'm going to start this off by saying the NFC East needs to be defunded to have the Eagles lead in that division at three and five. I just had to get that off my chest. And because I'm looking at this playoff picture, like, really? We got the Eagles that are way below 500 about to make the playoffs. All right. Let me tell you what I want to see out of this squad for the next few weeks. They're four and six on a bye. Thank God it's Sunday right now. And I have not gotten an update on my bleacher report that we had a new injury, but I think Mullins is the, the starting quarterback. You have to move forward. Because like Drea said, Bethard ain't it. We've already seen what we've seen out of him. Yeah, he's got a, a deeper throwing arm, but the man's not accurate. Mullins is the closest match to what Jimmy is. Because let's all be honest, I give Jimmy a hard time. Jimmy's the best quarterback in your system to win right now. And Mullins offers the closest to what Jimmy can offer. And so in order for the Niners to do their best, it's getting their playmakers the ball in space. So I'll let Debo Samuel when you get back. Brett and Ayuk starting to develop. It's a tough call. Look, we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. We don't know if this eighth playoff spot's going to open up. So we have to kind of stay the course, in my opinion. You got to stay the course. And anybody in professional sports to tell you, and let's go back to Joe Lakeup saying we ain't tanking. I don't think anybody in that locker room, in that 49er locker room saying – Oh, let's look. We don't want to fall further down in the draft, or we, we want to get a better pick. Players don't care. They want to go out there. They want to perform. They want to win. Everybody's playing for contracts. We got 41 free agents that we're staring at. Look, what I want to see out of the squad besides winning, I want to see the continued success and growth of Jason Barrett. I want to know if he's going to be in the long term uh, picture here for the 49ers. I want to see. I want to see if Marcel Harris, I want to see if Jimmy Ward, you guys can fill that voided safety because Kowalski tarts out for the rest of the season. I want to see Richard Sherman come back if he can. And, and that, that's a little scary of a situation too, right? Anything of like lower leg, you're thinking calf. Now you're thinking, is it related to the, the calf or Achilles, I should say. I want to see if Richard Sherman comes back and delivers enough where you're saying, okay, let's give him another contract. Or let's see how he performs and let's give him another contract and move him back to safety. So I'm looking at everything from that standpoint. There's so much that you got to look at. But the big thing for me is looking at Trent Williams. Look, honestly, he's been up and down to me. And for him supposedly having to be the best left tackle in the game, I need to see a little bit more from you if you're going to get that big money contract. If you're going to be that beast that we're going to sign and look, we were all happy about when we heard the news that Joe Staley was retiring and then we picked up Trent Williams. I thought that was such a big pickup and it really didn't feel like that all season. And so I'm looking more for that to see the growth in there and just to make sure he is the guy that we're going to, we're going to pay that money to, or we didn't, do we need to go back to the draft and get another left tackle? Honestly, it's all over the board. We got a lot we got to take care of. Um, I think moving next season, we're probably going to have Jimmy start next year. I think he's still the best quarterback option this team has, but you still got to look into the draft, man. You got to, 
you've got to draft a quarterback every single season. But I, I'm kind of curious if, if the Jets finish with the number one pick, can we get a crack at Darnold? And that's – hey, you yeah, know what I would – if we got Darnold, I would still keep Jimmy on the team. I know it's a lot of money to be paying. Jimmy's money was front-loaded a little bit. It's not a bad situation to have Darnold back Jimmy up for a year. Get him in a Kyle system. Get him to learn. Because I think we could still compete with a healthy team. And with Bosa coming back, if we've got a solid defense, I think Jimmy's got a chance to compete. And that also gives Darnold a chance to learn under the tutelage of Jimmy. And then maybe we could flip him back to New England for a couple picks. I don't know. And you and you know, you got and, and that's the thing, the season you guys are on the bye week. You should, yeah. coming off the bye week, yeah. you still have to play the you, you, the division games. You have one with Seattle, you have one with yeah. the Rams, and you have one with the Cardinals. So there's still a lot to play for. You know, exactly. again, yeah. these last these 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 uh next games are auditions for a lot of players on that team that like you spoke of 41 free agents, right? For me, I want to see what Ken Law's going to do. I want to yep. see that. I want to see what the defensive line does in these next weeks to see what you guys are going to look like going after certain players in the draft. Right? So with that being said, I want to thank both of you two for another great episode and to the listeners out there, another great ears for providing us to give you guys some of our game <laughs> right on this beautiful fan factive day right but one yeah. thing i want to end one thing i want to end this with is we are in purple in the bay area and not the purple that we know what we're talking about i'm talking about the purple that we're in lockdown we're going to be social distancing so let's keep it safe yes tune on tune in you have to be inside, so why not <laughs> listen? Why not listen to the Fact Center on the Fan Factive Sports Network to get through this lockdown? But again, social distancing, wash your hands, keep it safe, and thank you to the listeners out there for tuning in on a wonderful, blessed Sunday. Thank you all. Tap in. <laughs> New York to the heart, but got love for all. Lie die in the fire where I learn the ball. Uptown is the place where I lay my dome. On the streets of the Bronx where my family roam. Oh damn it, we home. Heater got a nine millimeter. Player haters can feel the flame for my heater. I never really liked to play a fool like that, but I love to succeed. C falls fall flat, flat like deja vu. And I got another clip down a deja crew. I sit pissed out, dumpy, mo with the pissed out. Just cause I'm pissy don't mean you should miss that. Keep them in the fitties and hundreds all arranged. Anything less than that, you keep the change. Not filthy rich, but bitch, I'm barely broke. Blessed with clothes to keep you hooked like dope.